Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. Every day, decisions are made across Maine that impact our environment, and Mainers play a crucial role as we speak up for climate action, the clear air, clear water, and open spaces that we all love. Come sit down with advocates and experts to discuss some of the most important stories that you need to know, what lies ahead, and hear what you can do about it. Thanks for listening as we share our view from the front lines. Well, I'm Colin Durant, NRCM's Advocacy Communications Director, and we're recording this episode during Thanksgiving week. So I wanted to start off by acknowledging that Maine's four federally recognized tribes, collectively known as the Wabanaki, are the original inhabitants of Maine and who have lived here for thousands of years. Um, It's long past time to fully recognize their right to self-governance, self-determination, equitable treatment, and NRCM uh, stands with the Wabanaki and has been supporting the tribal sovereignty bill that's being considered by the legislature. Uh, I'd encourage people to learn more about the history of Maine tribes and the sovereignty bill by visiting WabanakiAlliance.com. So thanks for that. And uh, I'm here once again with our advocacy director, Pete Didesheim to break down the latest news about Maine's environment. Hey, Pete. Hey, Colin. It's been so long, one episode. <laughs> That's true, I know. Uh, break there. <laughs> yeah, Jack did a great job breaking down uh, the latest clean energy climate news. So um, as we've done this a few times, but we're going to spend the bulk of this podcast dissecting the latest news about the CMP corridor um, that's because it's just so fast moving. It's really hard to follow. There's a lot happening, um, especially since the election. So we wanted to spend a substantial amount of time doing that. But first, before we do that, Pete, let's just get that quick round of updates on some of the other big news items uh, that you think people should know about. Okay, so let me just mention one, which I'm kind of proud of, we all should be proud of. Maine and NRCM, we're back on primetime national news again recently, which is pretty cool. Not surprisingly, for Maine's first in the nation law requiring manufacturers of packaging waste to help pay for community recycling programs. So that's called the EPR for packaging law. It was on November 14th, and it was a program on PBS NewsHour, and it included NRCM Sustainable Maine Director Sarah Nichols, who's been on a bunch of national news recently. It also included the bill sponsor, uh, State Representative Nicole Grahoski from Ellsworth and others from Maine. And if you want to watch it, uh, you can just Google uh, PBS NewsHour, how Maine is transforming who pays for recycling. So that was that was great. It was and, so awesome. Uh, it's a really good like nine minute uh, yeah. uh, episode, little um, news segment. So the other big thing, obviously, that's happened is the Build Back Better bill act uh, passed uh, the House of Representatives. This really is the most significant climate and social safe- safety net program ever in U.S. history. So Maine and every state stands to benefit in a lot of big ways if it secures final passage in the Senate and gets approved again in the House uh, and then makes it to the president's desk for him to sign it. And we certainly hope that this happens before the end of the year. So let me just tick off a few things that are in this bill. There's been a lot written about it. This bill is really aimed at reducing pollution, addressing climate, creating new good paying jobs, Uh, by making buses, cars, trucks cleaner to drive, replacing lead water pipes to provide safe drinking water, 
updating wastewater and, and stormwater systems, accelerating new clean energy development, modernizing our buildings. Just a couple of specifics. The funding in this bill would convert more than 60,000 diesel school buses to clean electric buses so school children can breathe clean air, which is a good thing. It would cut the price of electric vehicles by as much as 12,500. That would be a big stimulus for electric vehicle development and manufacturing at unionized uh, US factories. It would help build like half a million electric vehicle charging stations nationwide, convert 70% of the US Postal Service mail trucks to clean electric vehicles, all sorts of really great stuff in mm. this bill, including land conservation. And there's an important provision that would protect the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge from oil and gas drilling. So we certainly hope this gets across the finish line. Uh, the month of December is going to be really critical. And it's now in the Senate now that it's made it through the House. That's critically important. And I'll just mention to our supporters, you can go to the Action Center on our website to send members of our congressional delegation a message asking them to support the Build Back Better Act. So I encourage folks to do that. Um, that'll help get it to the finish line. Okay, let's um, let's move on to the CMP corridor. Um, and as everyone knows, CMP just suffered a stunning rebuke in the ballot box. A strong majority of Maine voters on November 2nd approved question one. And the results were really striking. I mean, you, the Bangor Daily News called this like at nine, which is, I think, just surprised everybody, right? I mean, that's just how clear the victory Yeah, it was, was. maybe at like 9.35. People yeah. thought it was going to be called at like 11 or maybe even in the early hours of the morning, but it uh, they called it quickly. Yeah, they did. And talking about quickly, the Secretary of State moved pretty quickly to certify the results that on Tuesday, November 16th. And Governor Mills soon thereafter, uh, Friday, November 19th, affirmed them. Uh, so question one is set to become law 30 days from that date on, on December 19th. Pete, we talked about the results here and just how stunning you were. They were, excuse me. And, and as, as you love to do, you dug into this data. Um, you got broke out that Excel spreadsheet, dug into the data a little bit. And, and I think with the help of Abin, who works with us, um, can you just give us some highlights of what really stood out to you about these results? Sure. Let me uh, let me approach these uh, numbers from a few different directions. Certainly, um, at the statewide level, uh, fifty nine percent to forty one percent is a big margin. That was two hundred forty three thousand, almost two hundred forty four thousand people voted yes on question one. Around one hundred sixty eight thousand voted no. Again, we know that CMP and Hydro Quebec spent a lot of money. They spent seventy two million dollars over the past two years. Uh, so, if you take those no votes and divided by the 72 million into the 72 million, they spent about $428 per vote over the last two years trying to tell Mainers how to Yikes. vote. And it was a colossal failure of a campaign. At the county level, 15 of 16 of Maine's 16 counties voted yes on question one. Eight counties voted yes by more than 60% and 70% of Franklin County uh, voted yes on question one. In eight counties, every single town voted yes. Now, when you move down to the town level, almost 90% of Maine's 490 towns voted yes. There was only about 50 towns, many of them very small, where a majority voted yes. 
Every single one of Maine's 25 largest towns by population voted yes. In the single voting jurisdiction that voted the highest was the Penobscot Indian Nation. 89% on Indian wow. Island voted yes on question one. So yes, the results were overwhelming in support of yes on question one. Yeah, it couldn't be any clearer. Um, of course, that message didn't get to CMP the day after the election. They were back at it, as they love to do, clear-cutting the woods in western Maine, showing complete disrespect for Maine people. Uh, that same day, right after the election, their parent company, Avangrid, filed a lawsuit essentially against the people of Maine, seeking to overturn the people's wills, seeking to overturn question one. I mean, this is just like blatant disregard by these companies. Um, and... Uh, you know, people are were outraged. They're frustrated. And people across Maine were calling on CMP to stop cutting, including the Nature Conservancy in Maine. There were strong editorials from both the Portland Press-Herald and the Bangor Daily News. Um, and after 17 days, uh, uh, CMP finally relented and announced that they would halt work temporarily, but only after Governor Mills sent them a strongly worded letter urging them to respect Maine voters and stop the construction. She did that the same day she certified the results of the election. So all eyes now are, are focused on the Maine Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, and I know a lot of people ask this question, right? They're so frustrated about CMP's actions. What can we do about it? And the action really is at the DEP right now, where the commissioner is considering whether or not to suspend CMP's permit. Now, NRCM, some of our conservation allies, I held a rally with nearly 100 people outside DEP's headquarters. We had speakers from Maine Youth for Climate Justice, Appalachian Mountain Club, and others. Um, and uh, the DEP held a hearing on Monday, November 22nd, to receive testimony about the election results as a quote-unquote change of circumstance. Now, there, this, that's a lot that's happened since Election Day. Pete, can you just tell us why we believe the DEP commissioner should suspend CMP's permit? Sure. So as you mentioned, uh, CMP has agreed to temporarily halt construction. Um, that should have happened on November 3rd. Uh, we appreciate that the governor sent a strongly worded letter and that CMP has agreed to at least temporarily halt um, construction. But we believe that DEP has an obligation to suspend the permit, if not revoke the permit, so that we uh, don't see construction start back up again. Um, our goal here is for CMP to permanently stop construction and to focus on restoration of the damage that's already been done in the corridor um, in Western Maine that is, uh, has been the, the focus of so much controversy. <clears throat> so just going back in time just a little bit, um, Shortly after the Maine Superior Court ruling in early August that CMP's lease across public lands was illegal, the DEP commissioner announced that this represented a change in circumstance that would require, that might require her to suspend the permit. That was August 12th, more than three months ago. <clears throat> it took DEP two months before it held a hearing on October 19th to gather testimony on whether the commissioner should suspend the permit. But no decision was made after that hearing. Then the election happened. The DEP decided that the fact that Maine people overwhelmingly rejected CMP's project represented another possible change of circumstance that might warrant suspension of the hearing. So three more weeks go by 
until this past Monday, November 22nd, when another DEP hearing was held. It's now more than three months that have passed. CMP has been cutting this entire time in a corridor where it does not have complete legal control over the route. So now that the election results have been certified and proclaimed by the governor, um, and the referendum will become law December 19th, we believe that DEP must suspend the permit. And she should have done so back in September or early October, um, but she absolutely needs to suspend the permit now, now that the voters have spoken. The law is the law. The referendum should be presumed to be constitutional until or unless a court decides otherwise. It will become law in just a matter of a few weeks. And CMP should not be allowed to do any additional work, not just on a temporary basis, but permanently, until or unless they can get a court to decide that it's unconstitutional. We do not believe that the, the referendum is constitutional. The fact that CMP doesn't have a route to complete the corridor absolutely is grounds for suspending the permit. Mm -hmm. This is true for any developer. They need to show that they have legal right, title, and interest in the land needed to complete a project. They can't just start building on land that they don't control. So this, he this hearing that we had on Monday was really incredible in a bunch of different ways. The public hearing at night went for three hours and included some really powerful public comments urging the commissioner to act immediately to suspend the, to suspend the permit to honor the will of the voters. In the hearing during the day in which NRCM was in our attorney were lead interveners was fascinating. There was expert testimony um, sharing evidence documenting that CMP has accelerated cutting since November 2nd. Also showed that suspending the permit would be critical to keep CMP from protect from continuing to damage uh, five wildlife areas that um, CMP hasn't cut yet. And um, it was pretty fascinating watching CMP's attorneys. They were trying to block um, uh, mention of the election results. They didn't want people to talk about the election results. Their lead mm -hmm. attorney uh, was disputing even the definition of the upper Kennebec region, suggesting that maybe they didn't even need to uh, uh, restrict their project because of the election results. It was really quite remarkable, but I think at the end of the day, overwhelmingly the public and the case that we brought forward, I think should persuade the DEP commissioner to suspend the permit and to make that decision immediately. Mm, mm. I mean, I think it's pretty clear to me and certainly most people that with that court ruling you mentioned against the legal lease and the really clear election results that the permits got to be suspended or even revoked. And so I know, you know, that's what it's clear. That's what main people want. Uh, I'll give a shout out to the more than 1400 of NRCM supporters and people across Maine that have sent messages to the DEP urging them to suspend the permit. Thanks to everybody who go, went to that rally. Um, you know, reinforcing this point about public support for pulling the permit. Uh, I know a poll that was released just after election day. Uh, it was it was taken um, after election day with people who had voted um, on question one. That poll confirmed that Mainers want the DEP to take swift action. Pete, can you just give us some quick highlights into that poll? 
Yeah, that poll was really interesting. 64% uh, of those who responded to the poll want CMP to stop work on the corridor. So that's a higher number than even the 59% who, who voted yes on question one. So main people, a, a chunk of them, even if they voted no, they want CMP to stop and honor the will of Maine voters. 61% of Mainers said that they want DEP to suspend CMP's permit. 62% said that they oppose the lawsuit being filed by CMP's parent company, Avangrid, against, as you said, the state of Maine, literally the people of Maine, including the Maine legislature. And it's, it was really interesting to look at, at how younger voters responded to this poll between 18 and 34, pretty striking results. 86 mm. think CMP should stop all clearing now in Western Maine to honor the will of Maine voters, 88% of those in that age range, 18 to 34, support DEP ordering CMP to stop work on the permit immediately. 74% oppose Avangrid's lawsuit and 83% in that age group voted yes on question one. And just speaking briefly about this Avangrid lawsuit, they filed a 90 page lawsuit the day after the election. The mm -hmm. votes hadn't even been fully tabulated in all main, all main towns. And this was this parent of the parent, Ibadrola from Spain, suing the people of Maine the day after the election. Unbelievable. Really? So what comes next? DEP, we hope, will suspend the permit. The, uh, there'll be a court hearing on Avangrid's request to block the referendum on December 15th. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope that we anticipate that the court will decide in December on this request for a preliminary injunction by Avangrid to block the referendum. The referendum becomes law on December 19th. We sincerely hope that the court rules against the preliminary injunction, that the, that the referendum goes into law. And that's a pretty big deal, uh, a pretty big step in the direction of permanently killing this project. Absolutely. And I know the um, DEP commissioner has told the media that she um, will make a decision by the end of the month, I think she said. That's right. Yeah, so, that's what they um, said. I mean, the hits just keep coming for the CM for CMP on this project, right? right? I mean, it's it's no surprise given from the beginning just how like, you know, from the beginning, they've just been cutting corners and they've been rushing this project through. Um, and I know one of the really interesting things that happened over the past couple of weeks um, that I just wanted to touch on is some of our friends in the environmental community just spoke out really strongly against the so-called quote unquote conservation plan that CMP filed. Uh, that was a condition of their permit to do some land conservation. Um, and, um, and so I'd love to get your take on that. And then I'd love for you to just um, let us know, like, you know, what you think comes next in this saga? What can people expect? Okay. All right. Yep. If you can even, if you can even predict that, but. Sure. Um, so yes, one of the, one of the conditions in DEP's permit for the project was a requirement that CEP develop a plan within 18 months to permanently conserve 40,000 acres in the vicinity of what's called segment one, which is the 53 miles of new corridor through Western Maine forest land. So this was a critical condition uh, of the permit because the DEP was concerned about the habitat fragmentation that would be caused by the project. 
And they were only willing to accept that level of, of impact on habitat if CMP brought forward a plan to permanently conserve 40,000 acres. So on November 12th, on the last day of the 18 month period that was allowed for CMP to identify these 40,000 acres that would be conserved, CMP submitted a total joke of a plan. You can't even call it a plan. Instead, they submitted a report that identified a 7 million re acre region of Maine, it's one third of the state, which they called an area of interest where CMP was interested in finding some land to conserve. There was no specific parcels identified, <laughs> no option agreements with landowners, nothing concrete, total failure to comply with CMP's permit condition. So this was incredibly upsetting to lots of people in the conservation community, including uh, with the Nature Conservancy and Conservation Law Foundation, who um, were strongly supportive of that 40,000 acre conservation requirement. And some of them wanted to testify to this issue at the hearing that DEP held on Monday um, because it was just the latest example of another CMP failure um, and delinquency in their permit conditions. But you know what CMP's attorney did? They objected to anyone mentioning CMP's failed conservation plan because it wasn't officially included in DEP's announcement of what they would cover at the, uh, at the hearing on the 22nd, because the DEP procedural order for that hearing was issued on November 8th, four days before the November 12th flawed CMP conservation plan. <laughs> so that's just incredible. So what was CMP doing during that 18 month period when they should have been focusing on securing 40,000 acres of of land or identifying parcels or, or at least options. They spent millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars on their failed campaign. And they were cutting as fast as possible in segment one of the corridor, removing trees um, as fast as they could and doing nothing to develop the required mitigation plan to permanently conserve those 40,000 acres. So just um, if I kind of step back and watch where this is going, I'll tell you where I hope it's going. I hope it's going down the same path that the Northern Pass project went down in New Hampshire. And that project ran into a firestorm of opposition and it was rejected in a unanimous vote in I think February of 2018. And Massachusetts uh, went back to the drawing board among their 46 bids and they plucked out the next one in line. We're sorry that they so quickly settled on choosing CMP, uh, the NECEC project as the next one to go with. Um, but they did. And now it seems like uh, Massachusetts needs to read the writing on the wall. They need to honor the will and vote of Maine people. And they should be uh, going back to the, uh, to the group of bids that they received back in originally in 2017 and select a project that has real support from, from the public that provides real uh, tangible community benefits to the host state or states where the project is gonna be. 
that um, has verified climate benefits, which the NECEC has never uh, had and still can't um, point to an independent study verifying it, and, and provides real in-state clean energy jobs. And we hope that that's what uh, the future brings on this project. Well, let's hope so. Okay. That's the Thanksgiving prayer right there. I'm all, <laughs> let's do it. I'm all about it. Um, okay. I think, you know, it looks like uh, we're, we remain hopeful this Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Uh, on, on that note. Um, but um, thanks so much, Pete, for, for digging into this. Um, for, it's for our list. There's a lot that's been happening, yeah. you know, fast and furious. So it's, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. yeah and I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think people have been frustrated by that, by that, yeah. just because things are fast moving and you've got CMP just clearly. Sometimes it just seems so simple. Yeah. The proposal came forward. CMP spent a lot of money. The people said no. So stop already. Right. So just stop. Right. <laughs> just Let's, stop. All right. There you go. And some people the other night at the hearing, just, you know, their testimony basically was to the commissioner, do your job. Right. <laughs> just do your job. Right. Um, well, let's hope so. Like we said, um, there's so much to digest of, um, on this topic and so many environmental topics. So we always appreciate your take and that, um, you know, having our other advocates on as well. Uh, we hope that it helps our listeners understand the lay of the land a little better. Uh, but before we sign off, um, Pete, I'm just wondering what you're going to be looking ahead to in the coming weeks for early December until we talk again. Uh, sure. Yeah. So December 1st is the one year anniversary of Maine's climate action plan called Maine Won't Wait. And that is going to be an exciting day. Uh, we're focusing on that. Uh, the governor is going to hold a news conference. The Maine Climate Council will hold a meeting. Uh, there will be some, I think, an announcement, maybe a, a, a report issued on progress that's been made over the past year. There's going to be a new science update uh, that will be released. Uh, Maine has an incredible team of climate scientists who have been tracking the impacts of climate on the state in all of its different ways. Um, we think there's going to be a new program or two announced that day uh, that will be important. There's possibly going to be a new website that will be launched that will help businesses and towns and Maine people join in the action of the climate action plan so that we all can can participate in a fuller way. So that's a big deal. And a couple of days later, NRCM is hosting a, a webinar with, um, with our energy and climate team to, to focus on progress that's been achieved and, and, and what we're going to be working on in the year ahead in relationship to the Climate Action Plan. And then I should also just flag that on December 15th, we do expect the Clean Transportation Roadmap to be released. Mm -hmm. And that's um, involved a lot of modeling and analysis and input, and we provided input, and we hope that that is a uh, significant document that that includes a, a broad approach to both um, vehicle-based and non-vehicle-based, non-motorized uh, vehicle-based uh, transportation solutions for reducing uh, climate emissions and creating healthier, uh, more sustainable communities. So. That's also something we're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Super important as as um, as Jack, who was on the podcast last time, talked about, you know, 54, something like 54% of our emissions are from cars yeah. and trucks. So that's uh, one of the biggest challenges we've got to Big face. Part so, of the that, problem. so let's hope that roadmap um, gives us a good blueprint for moving forward. 
Well, thanks, Pete. I can't, uh, I know I mentioned this last time, but I'm going to mention it again uh, because we're so excited about them. But if, if, you, if we had posted a video of this conversation, you'd see that I'm wearing one of NRCM's it's new right, beanies. Orange beanie. Yeah, we've got, yeah. we've got blaze orange, which is perfect for hunting seasons. We've also got them. gray, if God forbid orange is not your color, or if you have plenty of orange already in your closet, because orange is a kind of an essential color uh, for fall and winter in Maine. So yeah, for those who haven't seen us, we're both redheads and yes. usually orange beanies is not uh, the chosen color for redheads, but, but you got one on and it's, I got, it's, it's looking good. I'm pulling it <laughs> off. I'm pulling it off. Yeah. You're um, all, you're all about the orange. I know. I, I am all about the orange. So you can head over to nrcm.org, visit our store to pick those up. We've got a limited run of them. So get them before, get them before they're gone. So Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, hope you have a good holiday. And uh, remember, if you like what you've heard, share it with your friends and family. Uh, this makes great listening for, ro for road trips. And uh, give us a review if you'd like. Um, thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Bye. See you, Pete. Thanks for listening to Maine Environment Frontline Voices. If you enjoy this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and several other podcast listening apps. Since 1959, NRCM has been tapping into the power of the Maine people, science, and the law to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. To learn more about our work, visit nrcm.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NRCM Environment.